Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 14. And today we're talking about leadership, how your leadership skills will affect you and your business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Well, hello there. Welcome to today's episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your host, Samantha Riley. And today we're going to be talking leadership, which is so relevant to me right now as I am only a couple of weeks off getting married and just come back from my Australian tour with my Amplify Your Influence workshops. It is crazy busy and there is no way I would have gotten through it without my team. It is them that has got this all organized and edited and uploaded so you guys are listening. So leadership is absolutely the topic of the day. That's why you're hearing this episode. So I was very excited to bring James Short into the business lab. Now, James has been assisting business owners for the past 10 years to build and lead high-performance teams. He has an absolute wealth of information around human behavior and what motivates and drives people. And he's come in today to share his knowledge and experience with those that are looking to take their business to the next level. So it doesn't matter whether you're a solopreneur looking to embark on having your first employee or whether you're a multinational with hundreds of team members. James has a huge understanding of what it takes to build and lead those high-performance teams And he's actually mapped out and crafted a step-by-step roadmap, and he's going to talk about that with us today. So James shares these insights and findings with you so that you can increase your profit, realign to your purpose, and have a peace of mind when building and leading your high-performance teams. So without further ado, here is James. Welcome to the show, James. I'm very, very excited to be chatting with you today. Great to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. What are we going to talk about today? I think there's lots of different ways that we can go. We can talk about uh, teams. We can talk about leadership. We can talk about uh, being resourceful. Oh, Um, (laughs) we sure can. Let's share that that little story of how we got here or how long it's taken us to get here today. (laughs) Oh, look, human behavior, leadership, all of this really cool stuff. I I can't wait to dive into this with you. When I first started my business, I thought leadership, now let's go back. I was 19 years old. I thought leadership was for 50-year-old male CEOs. I actually didn't realize that leadership was something that I needed in my business. Yeah. Uh, So true. Something that I want to talk to you about today because I I feel that there's a lot of people that don't understand, especially with smaller teams. I know that you work with bigger teams, but there's a lot of people listening that are solopreneurs or maybe they've just got a small virtual assistant team and they don't understand how leadership applies to them in their business. 
Spot on. And it's so many levels, Sam, like this. There's, you know, there's two main components of leadership. There's the leader within. So it's, it's leading yourself. It's getting yourself out of bed and getting into the grind and, and doing the things that we need to do every single day in order to grow our business. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a form of leadership. It's yes. the, you know, it's the leadership around home. You know, if you've got kids, if you've got a family, if you're even around extended friends and family, that's a, a form of leadership. Do you play sport even by yourself? A single sport, that's a sense of leadership. And then you're going to, to, to bigger organizations and bigger teams, then that's a, another component of leadership. So it's, it's a multi-layered, multi-tiered approach to leadership and certainly agree on that. Yeah, and I, to be honest, and I hadn't, I mean, I probably would have thought about it, uh, you know, at different times, but sort of when I think leadership, again, don't really think about that self-leadership part. And I'm guessing that someone that doesn't have great self-leadership is not going to be able to then amplify that into leading a team. So true. I mean, leadership all starts with the self. Leadership all starts with that person that you see every morning in the mirror. Mm. It's and and that's having that self respect. You know, getting up and and, and doing the self care, doing things like you know your exercise, your meditation, or eating healthy, whatever it is for you that you fill yourself up and 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 having that self care. Then it's it's about your own personal brand. So how you how you conduct yourself, how you hold yourself out. Um, within the community, how you hold yourself with, uh, with, within your business, with your clients and with your suppliers. And then the third component is, is then how you then communicate because it's so important communication as a part of leadership of really expressing where you want to go. And that's, it's, it doesn't matter if you've got, as you said, just by yourself or a VA or, or a small team, you've got to have that vision. And if you're clear on when you're go- where you're going and people want to be part of that, they want to be part of someone who's got a clear vision and want to create that movement because people love to be led. Mm. The majority of people love to be led. So it, And it all starts with you. It all starts with you. And before we even get started, I'd love you to share your thoughts on empowerment through teams because – I feel I know my own um, experience with leadership in the very, very early days. I did not empower my team, so they would not join me on the journey. Can you talk a little bit about empowering teams? And you know, it's it's an interesting word, empowering and empowering teams. And what does it actually mean? And if you look at you know, if you break it at M and then powering, it, it's. It's, it's a component where it can be misused and misunderstood so often. And it's not about, you know, here's your toolbox and, and, and see you later and, and come back to me, you know, when you've got a problem. It's about really understanding the person, the team member that is on your team, understanding what their values are, understanding what their goals are, understanding how best they like to be communicated with, and then utilizing that information to align their goals, their values to the business goals and the business values. Mm. And when you have that, that's that's empowering and that's enabling them because I'm a big believer, if you help people reach their goals, then in turn they will help you reach their goals, mm. uh, your mm. goals. And, th- and and what I mean by that is, is but it starts with a conversation. It starts with understanding who's who's on the bus, understanding who's in the seat and understanding what that person, what makes them tick, what, what motivates them, what drives them. And when we can understand that, when we can really find out that information, that's empowering because it's it's putting them up, not on the pedestal, but putting them and pushing them and guiding them and, and leading them and managing them and, and all those, those cool words in order for them to be on their own journey. 
achieving their own goals, fulfilling their own values and their own needs. And when they do that, that has a massive impact on the organization. And I get suffered, oh, but, you know, that takes time. Yes. No, I don't have the hear time. hear that all the time. Yeah. Totally. You have – you don't have the time not to. Mm. And, and you know, it's a very cliche thing, but the more you time, more time you spend on your team, the more time that they will get back to you. Mm. But it starts at the beginning, right? It, it, it's, it's not just, oh, they've got a pulse they're in. It's the whole recruitment strategy and finding the right team members and going through, you know, you know the, the, the saying is you, you spend three times the amount of s- trying to, to find someone than actually to let them go. It takes time to really find these right people with the right set of values that's aligned to, to your own organizations. I wanted to bring that up right at the beginning to set the tone for what we're going to talk about because at Leadership is about getting people exactly like you said. It's about getting them on the bus and we're all going on the journey together. So I really just wanted to set that tone. So before we dive deep, let us, I'd love you to share a little bit about how you got here. How is it that you're now working in leadership? Because I'm sure that there's a whole series of events that have happened that have brought you to where you are today. Yeah. I mean, I was very, uh, at the age of five, I was very fortunate. And what I mean by that, what happened was, Parents went through a, a divorce, and I was very fortunate fortunate to see what not to do in relations to communication. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, is you know, the old man, love him dearly, is you know, folding the arms and not not talking, not not talking, and then you know, my mum going, "Baba, baba, baba, gotta talk, gotta talk," right? And and I saw that you know that was the uh, the conflict and and where not talking and not communicating really dissolved a, a relationship and I took that information on board and I processed that over the years to an early age where at the age of 17 where I started started my my first business and from that the the whole interest of of human behavior of why do we do the things that we do what makes us tick what what enables us to really um, achieve and set goals and so forth and I was lucky at the time when I partnered up with a, a, another guy that I went to university with and, and we started our our first uh, gymnasium in Surrey Hills back in the early 2000s and we grew that and we had some some great success and in 2008 we so- I sold that to, to him and moved on and and that interest of, of around human behavior was still sort of eating away at me. You know, the whole fitness industry is is all about that, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about mm-hmm. un- understanding what drives people, what motivates people. And it's not about barking orders and, and getting them to, to run longer and eat less. It's about understanding the psychology of, of their beliefs and their behaviors. And then with some further studied around NLP and time therapy and hypnosis, that just unpacked a lot of information, some great tools. So then I first, then I started like a group coaching concept. And I thought, I'll run a pilot program and see how we go. And, and within four months of this, you know, we came together and I was facilitated. In four months, people achieving more um, out of those four months that they did the whole previous year. Wow. And I want to sh- share a little story with you. Is one of the guys on the this pilot program, he was an interior designer. And his goal was to be Australia's leading uh, brand name interior designer. I said, oh, cool, good. You know, uh, we love to work with those goal, people. Right? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> anyway, halfway through the program, an opportunity came across his desk to be on a reality TV show. Now, back then, reality TV shows were just coming into fashion and, and it would either make you or break you mm-hmm. as a brand. And he, but 
you know, the group got together and said, you know, go for it, go for it. And he went on it and he came second. And his name is Darren Palmer. Now, Darren, since then, Darren has gone, you know, he's the judge on the block. Uh-huh. He's got his own, he's a brand name within a brand name. And I saw him a couple of months ago. He goes, Shorty, I remember that first, you know, group that we got together and blah, 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 blah. And that's, I guess, that then led into the whole understanding of the psychology. I had businesses go, you know what, I want to be, I want you to help me with my team. I want you to help me with me. And that's sort of the start of the journey of really understanding, working with those entrepreneurs, working with those business owners to be a bigger version of themselves. Because so often, particularly in Australia, we're just like, we're, we're, we're very insular and we're very, oh, no, no, don't rock the apple cart. I don't mm. want to be out there and promoting myself. But we can do it with with grace. We can do it with with ease, and we, we we can do it without being you know bold and brassy. And and it, there's a there's a way to do it, and there's a re- way to really lead and inspire teams. So, and I love that word grace. I use the word elegance for the same thing, which is the same sort of theme. Yeah. Because we don't need to be out there and just in people's faces, but we. And sort of, I can't even think of the word, but, you know, in not a nice way. Um, We do need to get out there. We do need to be known for people to do business with us, but there's ways to do it. You know, you can tell it when you walk into a room, right? If you go to a networking event and you can tell and you walk in the room and you just do a little scowl around the room and you can see who's who's got – the audience but they're not talking whose energy and whose leadership capabilities are just present and you can feel their presence compared to the people going you know heads in the air and look at me look at me and and there's a massive difference and then people go oh, i want to be around that person who's who's silent but when they say something everyone's like what they say what they say yeah and, and, and that's a whole energy component something that we we also do developing those leadership skills uh within our clients Beautiful. I love that you worked with Darren Palmer. As the, I don't watch TV, but The Block is my number one show. So you've already got me at Darren Palmer. <laughs> Beautiful. So it's a fantastic journey to get where you've got now. Um, I know that you you build. You talk about building teams, training teams, and leveraging teams. Can you like take us through from the from the ground up? Because I guess it's like you know building a building. We need a nice strong foundation there to build our team. So- yeah, I mean we go into business, and what happens is that we have a great idea. You know, and, and a lot of businesses, they could be great at what they're doing on a technical element. Mm-hmm. You know, the trade or the designer or whatever, and they go fantastic. Right, I'm really good, and you start to get busy, and we start to get busy, even busy and busy, and then what happens? Oh, I need to get someone on board. I need to help with this, or I need to help with that. But there's no, there's you know, when you're going through design school, when you're going through, you know, your trade, there's not much material or manuals on actually how to to build and, and leverage a team. So we're so used to wearing one hat, and now as we grow our teams, we, 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 we've got to wear multiple hats. And when it comes to businesses, businesses. When, when it comes to building teams, have three key outcomes. They want to have, obviously, more profit, increase their profitability. Yep. They want to, they want to align with their purpose of why they originally wanted to start their business. Mm-hmm. And thirdly is that they want the peace of mind, knowing that they can sleep well at night, that the team's got it sorted, that the team, that they're not, you know, jumping in and fixing things. And so with that, there's three key components when it's, when it's building and leading a high performance team. And the first component is, is the build section. And this component is is a really important component. And there's, there's a couple of components which I'll which I'll get into in a minute. Then there's the train component. So once we've got the the right team members, then we start to go into the training. And then the third component is the leverage. However, when we don't have the build component right, 
what happens is that all the work starts to come back on us in this within this hamper and, and we start to recruit the wrong people and then it affects the whole culture. When we don't get the training component right, then problems start to arise. You know, they start to do the blame game and and cracks start to appear. And then when we don't get the leverage component right, what happens is that then it, it comes back and it reliant on us as business owners. So what we want to do is to get a really strong foundation of those that build, train, and leverage component. Build component. Let's go through quickly the build component. There's three key components. There's there's the recruitment strategy in, in order to, to really get the, the, the recruitment strategy correct. Then there's the, the onboarding component. Um, and that's really, you know, what happens when we, when we start to, to get these people on, online and, and, and um, from, from go to the first 100 days. And there's a cool video uh, called uh, by the name of Joey Coleman. And Joey Coleman talks about the first 100 days of your client journey, right? Great video. But, yeah, awesome video. But, you know, your team members are your internal clients. And so using the same model that Joey goes through the first 100 days of onboarding, we use that similar model to the first 100 days of your team members because they that. too go through the emotional roller coaster. They go through that whole buyer's remorse. And so it's looking at then how do we overcome overcome that. Um, and then it's, it's looking at then the, the third component of that uh, team enrollment. So how are you getting your team involved in that build section? Then we go into the train component and the train component is things like your vision, mission and values, your, your KPIs and your tools that are required to really train these, these team, mem- team members up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third component is leverage. So it's, it's really how do you actually manage these these high-performing types of people. How do you actually, because it's not just here's a computer and you set a keys, see you later. Yeah. Um, how do we retain them? What's their career journey look like? So often I hear, oh, yeah, no, it's, it's that role and that's it. Yeah, but you know, we're, we're getting into a younger generation. They want to see a, a vision. They want to see a journey with your organization. Well, how do you map that out? And it's, it's not, not just, okay, well, here you go and, and see you later. It's like, okay, well, when you get to here, then this is the next step. When you get to here, this isn't. So you've clearly articulated what are the milestones within their role or, or within the, the organization. So you've taken then someone from a one-year uh, usual role to now three or a five-year because they can see the vision, but they've got to hit certain measurables in order to do that. And not, yeah. just, not just KPIs, but also measurables on a values, on a meaningful uh, component as well. And then the third component with with leverage is the duplication. So then how do you get these team members then to do the same process with their mini teams? And then we go through that and we start to recycle that time and time again. Love it. Love Mm. it. All right, so let's go back to the build. Let's circle back there. Recruitment. This is something that... I have got wrong multiple times. I see a lot of people get wrong. This is something that I worked a lot with my first business coach um, about because what I realized I was doing was hiring people that were like me, which was oh. totally the wrong thing to do. <laughs> yes. They don't teach leadership at high school, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love you to share with us uh, what what are the sorts of tools, what are the sorts of things that we need to sit down and look at when we're even – because recruitment is the very first thing. Where, where do we start to make sure that we're recruiting the right people? So the start is, is so often when we do our strategies for the year and do our business planning, what usually gets left behind is the people plan. 
and and we have our okay we're going to hit this revenue and these are the sales targets okay great but what's the team look like in order to support that yes. right and this is the first thing that people fall down in is that they don't have a people plan mm-hmm. because um, when you start to create a people plan you can start to go okay when we're here we need this resource and this resource we need that team member and that team member and what it does it comes a real holistic plan yes when we then look at that we look at okay so what's are the how what's the support mechanism in order to support that growth then from that once we're, we're really clear on that people plan and when's required i have a big saying is always be recruiting and it's just like you know it's just like networking right we're always out there we're always recruiting new clients and putting them in the funnel and putting them pipeline and, and the challenge I, I see time and time again the challenge i see time and time again is someone leaves and then it's a high risk, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, and then so therefore they, they start to react and they go, oh, you've got a pulse, quick, you're in. Yeah. Right. And so therefore that then affects the whole culture. So with this, with this planning, it really helps to minimize the risk. And with this always recruiting, it also helps to, you know what, if someone does leave, you've got plan B mm-hmm. because you're, you're not grooming them, but you just, hey, how's it going? How's it going? And you're, you're constantly touching base with, with potential candidates. The, the, then what we do is that we look at what are, the, what are the values of the organization? And you should always have, obviously, your vision, mission, values clearly articulated and clearly outlined. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then it's looking at well, what are the values of this role that we want within the organization. That's the first part because when we identify what the values are, then you can actually then have that job description or the job ad that we need to then to start to promote. So often I see is, oh, yeah, I want this task. I want that task. I want this task. I want this task. I want that task. Tasks, as we all know, tasks can be taught. They certainly can. But values and attitude cannot be. So it's always looking at what's the values that we're required for this role, for this organization, and start there. And then, and then when we have the values right with the job ad, then we go into the the interview component. Mm-hmm. And you know, the stock standard questions of you know where have you been, what are your goals, <laughs> and it's like, eh. yeah. So I, I I encourage any business owner and business leader to study NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, because the questioning around uh, what you can actually find through the teachings of NLP is very, very crucial around identifying values, identifying um, needs and so forth. And I've got some cool, crazy questions that I ask, like, what's your favorite restaurant? And people go, because I go into interviews sometimes for clients, right? Because they're just unsure. So I come in and go, you know, blah, 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 blah. So what's your favorite restaurant? And they go, and they look at me, it's like, this is a weird random question. And they go, I say, cool, so how come? And then what I'm looking for ah, is- that is so clever. What I'm looking for is if it's if it's the, the, the food in the environment, well, that that is important to, to their work. Is yes. it if it's the service? Okay, great. That's a component. Or if it's just a prestige thing, okay, that's another component. So it's looking at the meaning behind their answer and why they say, you know, have they been or are they involved in team sports? Um, what was their, what was their, how do they've overcome a challenge within their team sports? So you, you're looking at the values that you want. And you're asking questions or giving them experience, giving them, get them to draw upon experiences around those values. Yes. I, I remember a little, if I can share a little story, we, we did a, um, a very big on group interview process, uh, particularly if you've got like sales or customer service roles, because we re- there's a, it's a multi-reason why we do a group component. And I was working with an insurance agency and uh, we did a, a group interview and, you know, there was eight brokers in the room and, you know, like 
eight blokes in the room trying to do the ego thing. Uh-huh, like, oh, uh-huh. just, just sitting back and watching all this unfold. And what we did, we broke them up into to two groups and we had a list of, of questions that as a group that had to, to come together. And so one of the one of the exercises was, all right, you're stuck on an island. Here's your list of 20 things uh, that you can choose from, but you can only take on seven. What are they and why? Yep. And, and you just let them go. Right, and you see, okay, so who's stepping up? Who's leading the group? Who's who's you know bringing the group together? What's their negotiation process? So by looking at the values, and you can then look at the questions, and then you can go, okay, how do you extract those values? So that's a another way to really get the right people on the right team. Yeah, I love that, um, and I I really really think that there was a lot of gold there when you were talking about what's the what's the plan. So even before there's a people plan, like where are you taking the business? So you can start to see the gaps and, you know, you say that people take people because they've got a pulse. We see it happening all the time. Oh. I need the quick – I need that person because they're there right now. And and I know for a fact that that's the worst thing you can do for your culture and it's something that will bleed through that culture for years. Even that one person, if you get them out quickly, they the, the cracks are there and it's just so hard to clean it out. So yep. it's so important to get that plan right from the beginning and know who needs to come in place. Thankfully, I learned that. I did learn that uh, that lesson quite quickly, and understood that everyone has their own their own genius zones and their own you know ways of doing things. And instead of that being bad because they weren't like me, it was actually good because it added depth to the team. Correct, correct. I mean, and there's so many ways you can look at. I like to do a couple of different like personality profiling. You know, from from your emotional intelligence to your disc to your strength finder to really identify. You know, it's not the, the be-all, but it's it's a great initiator. And then obviously you test the results in an interview or a team environment or, or, or team game. And But that, it's a really great component because you know your own style, but you've also got to have someone that's going to compliment you as well. Yes. It's, you know, you said it perfectly of finding the same people as you. It doesn't work. No. You know, you know we, as business owners and business leaders, we're so fast-paced. You need that person to come and come and clean up almost behind us to go. Mm-hmm. And I, I share a funny story. Back when we first had our first gymnasium, money was tight, and and every couple of years we painted the, the gymnasium. And the first time, which was the, and the last time, because I vowed never to paint the gymnasium <laughs> yeah. myself. You really got to find your strengths, right? And my business partner was was a high D style personality, really direct, but also a high C attention to detail and, and so forth. So I was there painting with a with a bro, with a roller going there and it would go, Shorty, come back here. You missed, you missed, you missed, you missed, you missed. So he would go just behind me and and, and start to get all, all my gaps. And that's you know, that's a cool team member when you can identify your strengths um, and, and you work to both of those strengths. And that's in all of your teams. So I definitely mm, recommend mm. that. And I love it that you said that most of us create a mess and let someone else clean it up behind us, which is where the disc profiling comes in so well to know that a lot of us need a C-type personality to make sure that things are done and moving on. <laughs> so true, so true. But the thing is, it's, it's then understanding because – even though we think, like, even though we need the, like, say, example, the C-style personalities, is that 
understanding how best to communicate them. You know, business owners and entrepreneurs and so forth, we're, we're very, as I said, high-paced and fast, 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 fast. What happens is we've got to actually slow down our communication mm-hmm. and be really clear of our expectations with um, with our team. And I'll give you an ex- example. I remember uh, years ago I had an assistant and once again, you know, I'll put my hand up. Uh, I was going, Da-da-da-da. And then I and I just realized that hang on. And I said, I said, I said, Joanna, I just want to apologize. And she goes, before. She, I said, I know realize what I've just did. She goes, What? I was going off in my high D I personality and it was too fast for you. So let me start again. And she started <laughs> laughing. She goes, Got it, thank you. Yeah, and <laughs> so and you- yeah, understanding those personalities is absolutely key. And and understanding I when we had our first store and, and we had multiple stores and we hired our first manager to look after all one of the stores and she was a C-type personality and I've got to be honest, I nearly let her go. There was a conversation between me and my business partner that we were going to let her go. Thankfully, we didn't. It was at the same time we had a coach that was taking us through understanding DISC profiling. We understood how to communicate because as you would know with DISC, with, uh, with being a D, the more there is to do, the higher that D goes off the charts. And I was operating in this 97% D because there was so much to do. Poor thing. <laughs> Probably just about slashing her wrist when she got home. <laughs> but she she worked for us for well over 10 years and did a great job. Wow. And it was about understanding that I had to change the way that I communicated with her so she felt safe. So true. You know, but it's also the other way around. Like I've, I've done some work with a, a CEO of a bank and, and the, or the executive level and the IT director came to me and he said, James, you know, like every time I go in to see the CEO, what happens is within three minutes, he's back doing emails and I'm just not getting any answers from him. Mm. I said, okay, well, tell me how you actually presenting your information. He goes, well, go in and then I, I start to talk about the problem and, and all the detail of the problem. And, and then I said, how long are you actually going through and you're actually talking about it? He goes, oh, about 15 minutes. Uh, I said, all oh, right. I said, well, you're probably 12 minutes too long. He goes, what do you mean? I said, okay, well, your CEO is a high D personality. They want results. They're outcome focused. It's just like, don't get into the story. Just get into the outcome and and let's go. Where where you're trying to deliver your C-style um, personality uh, profile is that you want to get into the detail, which is totally fine, but you're mis- mismatching the communication style. And I said, let's try this. When you've got a meeting with him, go in there, state the problem that you currently got, state three alternatives and your preferred solution and the reason why, and keep it within three minutes. He goes, okay, I'll try it. So he went in, he goes, boss, this is what's happening. Uh, these are my three solutions and this is the, my preferred solution and why. He goes, yep, good, where do I sign? <laughs> <laughs> and the IT director comes out and he goes, James, you would not believe us. Let me guess. And he goes, yes, you're right. <laughs> so I said, lesson learnt. <laughs> yeah. So so that's the build phase. Very Get very clear about who you're trying to recruit to fit the position and not try and recruit to jam someone that's not a fit into a team that that's going to crack, that there's, there's going to be culture issues. Totally. Awesome. So in the train section, tell us about, you know, you've, you said that the vision is very important in the train se- section. What does that really mean? What are we trying to do by, by sharing our vision with our team? Sharing the vision with the team is, is 
People want to know where they're going. People want to be part of something that's got a vision, right? For any movement that's been such a big movement throughout our history, there's always been a vision. And, and it's from all the different, you know, from, from the different religious movements, political movements to, to business movements. And, and that vision needs to be clearly articulated. And when it's not, what happens? People will make up their own vision. And, and the challenge when there's no vision, it gets fragmented and people go, well, I thought this is what we're working towards. Oh, I thought that was work, working towards. But when we've got that commonality, when we've got that common goal, what happens is that we can actually start to make decisions quicker because anything outside of that vision, no, it's put it to the side. And that's why constantly coming back to the vision, constantly coming back to the mission and the values is so important on that train stage because it's really, they've got to know what this business stands for. They've got to know where this business is going and how we operate things within this organization because otherwise people make things up based from their own previous beliefs, previous backgrounds, and that when it happens, becomes toxic. When everyone's singing the same tune with the same direction, oh, wait, music starts to happen. Well, I could see that there would be uncertainty when people can't see the future. When they, when they do, can't see it, can't feel it, they're unsafe. Totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. And, and, and people, you know, people want that security. In today's lifestyle, particularly with, with, with team members, they want to know that you stand for something. They want to know that you've, you're going somewhere, but they also know that things are safe and that's so important, very important. How important is it for the business owner to bring their team in on creating that vision? Is it something that the, the business owner needs to do on their own and share it or is it something that needs to be created together? Really depends on the stage of the business. I, I'm a big believer always to bring in your team members and, and it's all how you frame it, right? It's it's like, I want to get your thoughts. I want to get your ideas of, of different ideas, no matter how crazy or no matter off the wall. Are they going to stick? Probably not. Um, are they going to, are we going to run with them? We'll do some. We might not do all, but because it's got to align, you know, when we have a businesses, when we start a business, we start with a vision. Sometimes that vision changes. So you, you have usually an underlying vision of where you want to go. That might change a little bit, but I always recommend always keep on re- reverting back to the vision, but bring the team in. Uh, is this, is this still true for us? Is as a business owner, is this still true for myself? Uh, are the values still aligned? Are we still living, breathing these values towards that vision, towards that mission? So when we talk about uh, bring team members in, Definitely, because that's part of empowerment. That's part of being part of something. That's part of being a community with, with, within your business. And it's it's makes a massive difference because then they can go back and go, you know what we did today? And that starts to spread throughout the whole network within their internal network at, at, at um, the business, but also the external network with yes. friends and family and so forth, which is a huge branding exercise at the same same time. Well, also that you talked about energy right at the beginning um, when we first started talking talking, that energy then comes off our team into our prospects, into, you know, into our network, into the greater um, community. And especially, you know, well, for you working with real estate agents, that's absolutely necessary that that energy is felt. So true. Like, just on that, like we've done some work with a, continue to do some work with a large strata organization. And we said a number of years ago, we redefined the values with the whole, whole senior management team. And even the senior, the managers, when they're going out and, and working with big clients, they're always bringing up the values. And sometimes they've actually let clients go because there wasn't a values alignment. Mm. Now, that 
Now, what that says to the whole organization, oh, that's just huge. It's like, no, no, they didn't align with our values, so we have to, to let mm-hmm, them go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, the, and the team's going, yes, because they're a nightmare than this and that. Yep. This and that. But in the same sense, no, you're aligned with the values, so let's start working together. And so the client goes, wow, like that just – who says that stuff? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Really powerful. I really love powerful. that. I worked with a, a building company or a construction company a few years back and the owner of the company had very clear ideas of where he wanted his business to go and he shared his personal values with his team of why he was trying to do that because he wanted these things in his life. And what he did was sit down with them and went through an exercise where they all created vision boards of what they wanted. So what he used to do was tap in and say, look, uh, I need to get here because this is what I need. But if you help me get there, I can help you get that. So for me to get to my surfing trip, which is really important to me, I need you to do this so that I can give you a bonus so you can get to your ski trip. And I, oh, it was just, it was a beautiful office to be in the way that they all worked together because they all understood how important each of them were. So true. You know, Sam, that, oh, gives, gives me shivers because all my clients that I've worked with in all their workstations have all got vision boards. Oh, I love that. Uh, because and, and it's not just for the business owners. It, it's for like your, your, your mate next to you. It's like, hey, you know, why aren't you on the phone? You know, I thought you wanted to go away this or get a new car or whatever. It, like it says it right on your, your vision board. It's like, oh, yeah, got it. Thanks. And it's it's that motivation, not just from above but within as well, that it, it's huge. It's so important. And it's a daily reminder of this is what we're here for. This is what we're working towards, both on a personal element but also on a, on a business element as well. Yeah, it's so yeah. powerful, so yeah. powerful. Yeah, I love that. Okay, leverage. I see – I can see one of the biggest problems if we haven't got the build and the train piece right is actually the retention of staff. Mm. Tell us if we we understand that if we haven't got the build and the train right, there's going to be a retention problem. But if we have got the build right, if we have got the train part right, what are some things that we can do to make sure that we can retain those team members that are really important to us getting to where we want to go as business owners? Yeah, great question. And I think it's really – Coming back to that planning stage, you know, so often we go, okay, so if we just had a, a, an admin role, oh, our life would be so much better. But what, what would be the next step for that admin role within your organization? What's their career journey look like within you? There may not be, but sometimes there is. And it's really important to go, okay, so if we have a person with these values and these skill set and that's really aligned with the attitude and everything else, what's the next step for them? Um, and, you know, obviously working with a lot in, in real estate, you know, it's coming in and, and, and maybe starting at, at leasing or reception and then working through to property management. And when you go to property management, then you can go in as a sales assistant and you sales assistant, you sales agent and so forth and so forth. So they've got a, they've gone from a, a, a 12 to 18 month career vision to now five, seven, a 10 year opportunity. And that I've seen clients working with a number of years now going through that process because the company has actually mapped out that career journey and they know and the expectations are really clear. It's when the expectations are really muddy and it's, they haven't been verbalized and haven't been agreed upon. Oh, but you said that. Oh, no, it's not what I meant. Mm. That's when you start to fall into a heap. But when you've got those expectations and the milestones along the way, and and that then becomes rewarding. And so if you've got – so, for example, if you're in a sales role and it's like, well, how can we incentivize these people? What's, you know, what's their journey? Well, the first thing is 
understanding what their goals are and what their inspiration and what they're wanting to achieve because it's not just about paying them all. It's looking at what makes them tick. You know, they might want extra time off. They might want to work from home. They might want to um, start a hobby. They might want to invest. They might want to grow their, their wealth portfolio. Well, how can you provide a value add right, to your team members to achieve their goals. And that's when you, you really get that whole retention because they say it's not just about the pay packet, it's, it's more than that. They're belonging to something that's, that's really helping them achieve their goals in all different levels and that's so important. And I love that you brought up, and of course, you're in leadership, so you were going to, but I really love that you brought up that it's not about the money because I feel that really old school leadership styles think that it is all about the money and it's oh. so not it's so no, not. Yeah, no, there are people no, just, that are in highly paid positions that don't want to be there and there's people that would do absolutely anything for their team and they hardly get paid anything. It's There's so many different ways to, to so look at what they want. Yeah, so many levels, you know, and, and that's what <laughs> that's why we come right back to the build stage, right, to get – what's this person, what are their values, and and go through the build and train to find out what are their own goals, what are their own ambitions, so we can align their ambitions and their goals to the company's ambitions, company's goals. I love it. So for anyone that's been listening to us, this has been super valuable if they've got a team. But there's going to be some people listening that haven't got a team yet. And to build a business, you have to have a team. There is absolutely no way you can build a business without having a team. And when and I say build because if you want to stay little and, and just be a solopreneur, then, you know, that's okay. I'm not diminishing that. But if you do want to grow, you do need a team. So what are some of your personal self-leadership or some ways that you lead yourself so that you were able to get to the point of building a team? Um, so what we do, what I do personally is it's how do I be fit? How do I be healthy? Where's my goals? Where's my inspiration? And I do that, you know, I, I'm a mad person around setting goals around events, right, for my health and fitness mm-hmm. um, because that is a multi-layered benefit for me because it gives me something to train for. It, it enables my team to go, he's dead set mad. Um, but it's also <laughs> that aspiration as well. It's like, wow, if he can do that, well, what can we do? Yes. Um, and then it's also for, for the, the rippling effect, you know, my family, also my clients, they see that. And that's a that's a really important thing for me as well. Other areas of, of my self-leadership is, is communication and constantly in communication with our own team on a daily basis. And I, I share a little example of a client which is so important no matter what stage you're at. <clears throat> they were organized a, a training uh, day. And the day before, the executive assistant of one of the branches went around to each of their staff member and said, listen, just a reminder that we've got training tomorrow. You need to start at 9 o'clock. You need to be there at 8.45. How are you getting there? Is there anything I can do for you? And she went around and, and did it to all 30 people in that branch. Yet another branch just sent an email reminder. Right, the branch where the the EA went around, they were all there by eight forty five, pronto, ready to go. The other branches, people late, people got lost, and all that kind of stuff. So the value of of having those touch points is so crucial. Mm. 
um, with your team. And, and that's with yourself as well. How are you constantly checking in with yourself? How are you reviewing your week? Um, we do a, I do a process each week of going through and reviewing my week. Okay, so what, what, what were some of the wins? What were some of the challenges? What were my lessons? Um, and what do I need to be doing next week? And that constantly review helps me become a better leader because I can see where are the gaps where I've, you know, dropped the ball. Because mm-hmm. as humans, we drop the ball. Correct. Um, but, you know, but also acknowledge where some of the good stuff and, and where we should be proud of, of how we led, led the team. So yeah. there are a couple of different strategies that I use. Love it. Love it. Now, I believe that you've got a free gift for our listeners today yes so a couple couple free gifts we've got um so the the build train and leverage that's called the leadership advantage model and uh i'm happy to share that with with the audience uh so so there's there's one gift um and that'll explain how it all works and and the different components and the second gift is our ebook which is called getting started and that ebook really assists uh, those readers to turn those dreams into goals and then into reality takes you through the steps step-by-step process to really get it all out of your head into a nice clear roadmap love it love it love it thank you so much thank you for this conversation i think it's such an important conversation and it's something that i wish that i had known when i started my business it is something that i love to talk about now because i saw it was probably my biggest weakness so i've like just dived into it over the years and taken in so much but the way you've wrapped this up was just so easy to understand what do you feel that you need to leave us with to to make to, you know to wrap up what you've talked about i'd like to leave you with with this thought is every morning when you look at yourself in the mirror, what's one thing that you can do to become a better leader? Even if it's just yourself, is it the internal conversations around your own self-talk? Is it the conversations with your clients? Is it the conversations with suppliers? Is it the is it creating a, a clearer vision? So have that, look at yourself in the mirror every morning, go, what's one thing I can do to become a better leader today? That's what I'd love to leave, leave with you guys today. Beautiful. Thanks so much, James. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you for having me. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.